0: We're still in First Corinthians. I'll do an Advent series next year, but we're still in the Advent because Jesus will be mentioned. Amen, somebody. Amen. And so, uh, and so, uh, we're when, when, uh, First Corinthians, uh, chapter uh, three, verses uh, five through seventeen. 1 uh, Corinthians chapter three, five through seventeen. Let's um, let we'll, I'll start off again, and you guys finish. Let's let's go. It says. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe as the Lord assigned to each. Keep going. Amen, somebody. Amen. I want to I want to talk about briefly today um, eternal investment, eternal security, and eternal reward. Eternal investment, eternal security, and eternal reward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, and we 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 recognize that uh, all things are from you, and that you you have made an investment, you have secured us, and you will reward us. And so and so, Lord, today as as we as we chime into. Uh, re- really, really just what you're doing to cultivate us as a church, to be the people that you want us to be. Uh, Lord, Lord God, help us to, to not let this fall on deaf ears, but that you would nurture our hearts and strengthen our hearts uh, to really be reflective in our own lives. Lord God, in places where you want to make us more effective for your glory, more effective for your usage, because uh, there are no such thing as sideline believers. Lord God every believer is on the field of life to honor and glorify you. And so God help us to jersey up today and and get in the game and and in order for this to really have any type of power, any type of strength, we need your spirit in this place. We need him the 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 the, per, the third person in the Godhead, the Spirit of God to move and saturate us and open up our hearts and minds to be responsive to you. It's necessary that the Spirit of God is present in the preaching and in the hearing and in the doing of your word. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength, our Redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that? Said, Amen. 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 Let's, let's be seated. Let's be seated. How many of you would agree that there is no perfect church? How many of you would agree with that? many of you would agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I think everybody would agree with the fact that there is no perfect church. Now, us communicating that there is no perfect church is not an excuse for the church to be trifling. Amen, somebody. Uh, 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 yet and still, in the midst of the church not being perfect, God is at work. Amen. In God being at work, that means he's changing, transforming, and developing a people for himself. And in light of that reality, the church needs people who not only act as, who don't act as mere consumers of the church, but begin to say, how do I cast my lot in with the church? It's interesting uh, when someone talks to me uh, about their church hurt, I think all of us, how many of us would say we've been hurt by the church before? A few of us, a few of us. If have you haven't you been hurt by the church before, and, so, and so, so you've been hurt by the church before, one of the, one of the things that, that can happen is one of two things. You fall back and just say, I'm going to do me, right? Uh, um, which, which which as, as much of that is a possibility, it's not a biblical response to the church. Help me, somebody. And, 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 and so, as so, a matter of fact, it's not a biblical response to the Lord. And so one of the things that, I, in my church hurt and everything that I've, wanted to invest in, and God calls all of us to invest in, is not to just complain about where the church is or is not, but make a vested interest in plugging in and being an agent of change versus an agent our agent our, 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 of just communicating how damaged that you are. Because when you talk all about this, when we talk about our debt da- we got to deal with that. When we talk about our damage, we, in other words, our life begins to center on us. Because it's easy for our hurt to kind of feel like it, it, it's, it's, it's really, uh, you know, it, it's, it's about God, but I've been hurt. And so when we focus in on our hurt, we idolize our experience versus lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is no such thing as a disconnected believer. There is not, there's no such thing as, as, as a believer out of community. There, there is no such thing as a, member, a church membershipless less believer. Um, there's no such thing as a non-investing, non-secure, non-reward-seeking from heaven believer because there's a divine expectation on all of our lives to be investing wholeheartedly into God's kingdom, i.e. the sector of the kingdom called the church. So we come here to Paul's writing in 2nd Corinth—I I mean, First Corinthians, chapter three—and he's he's revisiting something. He's revisiting chapter one in a, in, a, in a few ways to kind of give us some clarity on helping us to be unified as a church. And in him calling us to unity, he's he's trying to help us to see that that in order for the church to have its investment properly vested, its security reflected, um, um, because the security is a reality, and their reward be rich and pure, there has to be unity of understanding and execution in the local church between the people of God, although we're different, we're equal as God's people. And so as he walks us through this, he gives us phenomenal principles here. It's a lot here. And so I hope if we, get through, if we get through it all this week at school, if we don't, I'm okay with that too. Um, I'm, but, but, but I'm dumbfounded about just sort of the line of reasoning that Paul uses here to help us to understand investment, security and reward. Investment. Somebody say investment? security and reward. Amen. And so that brings me to my first point. Um, if you're going to walk in eternal investment, eternal security, and, 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 and eternal reward, number one, your growth, your growth, you must recognize that your growth is a unified heavenly investment. Your growth is a unified heavenly investment. Look in verse five. It says, when, he says, what then is Apollo's? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe. <laughs> it, it's interesting that, that Paul begins to start. He, uh, it's, this is interesting because this is a different line of leadership. He basically starts, even as much as he's invested, he starts putting himself and his boy Apollo sort of on blast. Yeah. In, in other words, he's, he's kind of saying, like, we ain't really nothing. In the grand scheme of things, we don't mean a lot. Even though what we do through Christ means a lot, but I I, I don't want, he says I don't want you to put your attention on us. And and I, I like the fact that there's, in the New Testament, it's so different than our leaders in our culture because so much is built around taking care of leadership. Now, now, when I say taking care of leadership, I'm not talking about making sure leaders, the ox is muzzled and all. I ain't talking about that. I'm just talking about there's an over-exaltation and over-connection to leadership. In other words, there's a theology out here that says if, the, if I, I sow as much as possible in the leadership because God's blessing flows through leadership. Well, when I looked at my Bible, there says there's one mediator between God and man, and his name is Jesus Christ. I, I didn't I didn't hear that the pastor or, or the little apostle or the bishop was the mediator between God and man. There's one mediator. So Paul Paul is not demeaning his value as an apostle as much as he's saying I'm not anything in, in, in comparison to Christ as a mediator between you and him. So what in the heck am I and what in the heck is Apollos? He says, as theologically gifted as I am, as mis- as missiologically uh, monstrositous as I am, and as, as ferocious of a theologian and communicator and homiletician that Apollos is, what are we? Say, what are we? So what are we? He said. He said. Do we really have anything? Should we really even be? And, and, and he, go, he goes through and he says. He says. He says. He says. Servants <coughs> through whom you believe, not in whom you believe. <laughs> it, it, there's a difference there. He he said. You didn't. You did, I didn't die on a cross for your sins. I, 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 I You know. He got martyred, but it wasn't a penal substitutionary atonement for sin. Uh, uh, and, and so, and so he said, "We we we were the we were the means by which you believe because we came and proclaimed Jesus Christ to you, but you got saved not uh, in us but through the message of the one who we preached." Right. So he says, "Service through whom you believe." Then he says, "He says as the Lord assigned to each." I love that. Yeah. So 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 he says we were on divine assignment. In other words, God is after you, and and, and God being after you. Came after me to come after you. <laughs> I love that, right? I mean, I mean, he, so so I had an assignment on my life. Paul says to come to you and, and, and to engage you with the nutrition of the gospel of peace. I, I mean, I mean, there was a compelling uh, commitment to me to see. That's how you know when you're called when 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 not doing what you sense God telling you to do. That's biblically verifiable. It feels like sin if you don't do it. I wish I had some time right there because, because, because when God assigns you something, family, you, you, it, it, it's something about, I, I did, I'm going to tell you something. I did not want to come to Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I did not want to come, um, 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 but, but, but when I, I wanted to go somewhere, to be honest, I wanted me, you know, somewhere where I could have me like an acre, cacao, you know what I'm saying? Um, garages, love, you know. Um, you know, um, nice school district. I mean, I mean, if it was up to me, it, you know, I mean, I'd have, I mean, if I could have picked it, you know, I'd have said, now, God, if you, if you're going to ask me, this is the way I would set stuff up. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of hardship, you know, um, granite counters, flat screens, you know what I'm saying? Beastly man cave that's worthy of HDTV. I mean, God, this is what I want. But when you're assigned to something and when you recognize that your life is not your own, your preferences have to get put on the back burner and and, and God's biblical principles have to be pushed up front because none of us have the right. Now, I'm I'm not against nice things, but I can't center my life on them. See, when you're called, the Holy Ghost will make you so uncomfortable, family, that the nice stuff won't even be able to be enjoyed. Because if God is your joy, then he'll mess up everything that you like to have joy in just so that you can make you lose everything so that you can see that he really is your everything. Yeah, so so Paul, so Paul, Paul helps us to recognize. He said, I was on divine assignment. He said, he said, he said, I, I got, he said my whole trajectory is because God messed me up. And that's, that's what happened. It, assigned people, people that are anointed and have assignments like you, not just preachers, but you, your life, your, your, he messes up your personal journey to put you on track with him. But when you look, hindsight being 2020, 20, 20 it, you, you recognize that you were the one messing up your journey. It really wasn't God who was messing up the journey. Wish I had time. But anyway, <laughs> he, said, he says, then he gives perspective now to the roles that everyone's played, right? He gives perspective, and as he gives perspective, this is this is such like you really need to memorize uh, this verse. Verse six is it's a really really helpful verse. That it's one of those verses. Let me just give you a hermeneutics lesson. There's some verses that are merely limited to their context in hermeneutics, but then there there are verses that even though they are used in a biblical context have broader application and broader. Ways in which kingdom or how God works principle-wise. Are you tracking with me? So, so, so he says. So he says. Uh, he says I planted. Apollos watered, but God added the growth. I like that. Now, see, you're not gonna smile on that yet, but maybe you'll smile in five minutes. Um, um, he, he said I planted. Now, when Paul is talking about him planting, he he's talking about he, he's pulling on a little bit of Jesus's principles of planting. You you when you whenever you read the apostles another hermeneutics lesson, all of their teachings flow out of the gospels as Jesus taught. They're just they're just they're just expanding on it for us to be able to live it out. Are you tracking with me? So when when he's talking about I planted, he's pulling on the principle of the parable of the soils. And as he's, pl- as, he, as he's thinking through that in mind, um, you, 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 he, he understands his role in relation to the kingdom. And because his, he understands his role as connected to what Jesus has said. That's how you know you got a good preacher, is when a preacher understands his role in relation to Jesus. That's another, that's another sermon. Um, uh, um, and, so, and so I planted. So he's basically saying planting here, he's, he, he's, he's um, emphasizing that planting here points to him coming as a pioneering missionary. Right. Paul will say in, uh, I believe it's Romans 15, uh, uh, no, no yeah, Romans fifteen. he said, I ventured to preach the gospel where it has not been preached. Right. Now I'm going to come back to that. So what he does is, can you imagine going to a field, nobody knows Jesus. Ain't never heard of no Jesus. Some oh, nobody. You know what I'm saying? Walking up, getting you a crib or a hotel room, you know what I'm saying? Boom. then start chopping it up with cats about Christ. And then all of a sudden, people that never heard about Jesus starts coming to Jesus Christ like crazy. That's the power of the supernatural gospel, right? Because the gospel's supernatural. So as he's planting, check with me, um, as he's planting, he's that planting is the communication of the gospel and the initiating of our church coming to existence. Okay, so, so that's what he means. I planted. He said, based on Acts 18, I came, communicated the gospel. God brought some fruit, plant out, I planted. Then he says, Apollos watered. So, 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 so remember, uh, hold on, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. So, so, so watering, uh, Apollos comes in and basically develops spiritual irrigation systems. Okay, the, the, these irrigation systems that he spiritually comes in. He, he's, I don't know if he's an infrastructure guy or what, like Pastor Niren's kind of the development infrastructure guy. Paul's like the visionary. Platao, boom. He comes in and, and, and goes irrigation systems to, to create means by which the, the seeds that Paul planted could grow. Now, what Paul's point is... Oh, God, I'm not going to get ahead of myself again. Now, 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 what's dope is he says, I planted. He says, but, but alone planting isn't enough. Apollos watered what was planted. then he said, "But," in contrast to us." He didn't say "and." It's very important that contrast in conjunction is extremely important there. Uh, uh, he says, "But God added the growth." That's, that, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> because Paul planted a lot of places. Apollos watered a lot of places. But at the end of the day, God being sovereign, yeah. it because Jesus says, I, uh, he says, he says, my father is the gardener and I am the true vine. So God is the, the, is the gardener of the kingdom. Yeah. He, he's, the, he's the one that looks over and makes sure everything is working right. He's the owner of the entire joint, right? And so, and so what God does is, 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 is but, but don't divorce God from the planting and the watering. Yeah, right. <laughs> However, because it's possible for God to allow planting and watering to happen and no growth take place. Help me, God. If you're here today and you trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you should have did a lap around the building at least one time in your spiritual existence. Because if it was not for the Lord adding the growth to what was planted in you, you wouldn't be here today. And and so, and so, 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 so God brought you to faith. God is the one that brought you to faith ultimately. Man is a participant in the vineyard of God. But it must be in line with that. That's why planting has to be done correctly and watering has to be done correctly in order that God can add to gro- God can't add growth to mess. He just can't. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 so, and so Paul goes down <laughs> and he begins walking through. He says... Now, this is what I love. He does it again. <laughs> Puts himself on. He says, "So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything." <laughs> he, said, he said, he said, you know what? As many hardships and all this stuff I've been through, I ain't jack." <laughs> he said, "Because, because oh, but, 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 then he, but then he goes for it. He says, he says, uh, is anything. He says, but only God who gives the growth. <laughs> so he centers." what God is up to in the Corinthian life to affirm that God is with the Corinthians. It's crazy, God, like he's basically saying, a lot of y'all are in some crazy sins, but there's been a lot invested in you though. <laughs> and, your, and, your, and your conversion is authentic. And so, and so what, he, what he wants them to do is begin to look at how God gets stuff done through his people, but ultimately how God gets what he does done by him actually being the activator uh, like I don't know if you remember back in the '80s, I think we pull out some old pictures. Um, th- th- there was something back in the day called the Jerry Curl, and um, and, and, and and there was an agent. Some of y'all they're all like, "What is Pastor talking about?" <laughs> but 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 you can do all of the other work, but until. Somebody did like this, you know when? <laughs> squeeze that joint out. when I like did And massage that joint in and the curls go "Click kicky, you know what I'm saying? In other words, the activator helped the curls to get in. Now it's funny when your activator ain't tight. it be like frizzy and nappy at the bottom and curly at the ends. i done lost all y'all. but as soon as you put the activator in, it go kill curls right back up. You know what I'm saying? That's what God, God is the activator. Now, we ain't got Jerry Curl Christians, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up. I give you permission. Pull up your phone, pull up Jerry Curl, and there it is. Uh, that's an embarrassing season in the life of the urban ministry, but uh, help me today, God. But, but God activates. Now, look, He says, Look, look at verse, look at verse eight. He says, "He who plants and he who waters are one. this is great. He's trying to bring unity to their view of leadership. He's trying to bring their unity so that they won't idolize a particular leader and want to be like them. He, he said, I want you to see, the investment that God has placed in you as a unified community of leaders versus one exalted person that you gravitate towards. Remember, remember what he said in Acts, I mean uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, we talking about some say I'm of Apollos, I'm Cephas, all of that. He's trying to get them to unify the. fact, He said, Y'all are acting like y'all got different points of salvation. He said, All of them work together so that they can be, so that you can be unified, not so you can be divided. That's why an un you know an unhealthy church if leadership works against each other. I wish I had time to talk about that. But but that's not my point today. And so so he's trying to get their minds unified. Now understand that this is the cycle of growth. Plant, water, God as the growth. Plant, water, God as the growth. Plant water, God as the growth. The cycle of not only your justification, which your initial coming to Jesus, is plant, water, God as the growth. But every sector of your life is like that, even in your sanctification, which he's functionally also including in this because the context is their need to grow up spiritually. Are you trekking with me? So that means that there's a call for believers to continuously be exposed to the word and the irrigation systems that God has set up in the church for us to be able to grow. Now, I'm going to come back to that later in a few minutes when we talk about another part of this passage. Are y'all still trekking with me today? I just want to know. All right. So 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 let's check it out. He says, um, and each one will receive his wages according to his labor. Okay, I, I I'm not I don't want to get to that yet. I just want to read now. It says, for for we are God's fellow workers. We are God's fellow workers. This 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 is good. And so as he's talking about them being God's fellow workers, it means that leadership comes alongside of God, not God come alongside of leadership. Hey, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, help me God. You, you, understand that. Yeah. Yeah. N- man doesn't initiate, nary work, like my mama would say, not now work right. on planet Earth. Right. God is the initiator of all things and calls people to be drafted on his team to work alongside of what he's doing. That's why when, when I pray for God to do something, I'm praying, God, don't activate anything through me. Show me where you're already active so I can join you in what you're already doing. I oh, wish I had some time. See, see that's, that, that's a good point. You ought to write that. You ought to put that somewhere. Listen, let me tell you something. You, many of y'all are trying to start stuff and spark stuff off, but God asked you, look at where I'm present and then come beside me. That doesn't mean don't dream, but make sure it's submitted to where I'm active. Wow. That was for free, I gotta keep moving. And so, and so, and so he goes, he said, we're for, God's fellow for workers, so they come alongside of, right? Crazy. But then he says, <coughs> he says, you are God's field, like this. <laughs> because he's emphasizing the fact that the church is God's church. But, but also inferentially in this former illustration, is another thing. If you're God's field, that means he expects growth out of you. Who, who, who has a field and, 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 and planning and hire people because God, Paul, Paul is basically saying, me and Apollos are hired hands in the field and the owner of it. And so what God does is he creates a field and then he puts people there and then he says, so, then put irrigation systems in water. He adds the growth. So in other words, uh, the, the church belongs to God. It doesn't belong to anybody. I know what we say when I say, I love my church. And, I, and that's a sense of ownership in relation to relationship. But ultimately, in relation to ownership, God owns the church. Now, that's such a simple thing, but it's hard for many of us to understand that. Because when we think we own the church, that means we want the church on our terms. And so, and so that means God brings the growth he wants, not the growth we want. So, so, so therefore, us being God's field means that, 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 that God is looking in your life and he's, he's setting you up for growth. That's why John 15 exists. He goes from bear fruit, bear more fruit, bear much fruit. He says, by this my father is glorified that you bear what? Much fruit. And so there's an expectation on your life that you're spiritually growing because you're God's field. If you belong to God, you should be growing. If you belong to God and call his name, um, you need to question whether or not you're God's if there's no fruit. Help me, God, today. Because everything that God works with grows. Everything. Everything that God is active in grows develops but not only God's field points to the fact that there's expectation of growth there's a expectation of reproduction because in Genesis when he created everything yielding a seed it yielded seed so that when it got planted it was not only growing for itself but inherent within him creating it was another seed to pass on so that when that fruit died and was no longer here or was eaten that the f- seeds that was within that that God created inherently can now be planted by other sowers in the field so that they can be watered and so that God can do what? Grow it. Grow it. Are you seeing this? Yeah. And so this is the nature, this, your, your life is, is set up for spiritual health. And that's why this, this is the investment that God has put in his people and that he's put in us to help us by his grace to, to, to be a reproducing community. So he says, we're God's field, okay? Then he goes from God's field to God's building. He's gonna switch illustrations now, so he's switching from 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 a farmer illustration because he's trying to help us to understand investment. Are you tracking with me? And, and so he changes the illustration. He said, "Let me say it another way to explain what I'm trying to help you out in relation to what investment God has put into you growing and developing." Because his apologetic is is that it's necessary that you don't be spiritual infants. It's necessary that you push towards growth. So he's giving illustrations to give them clarity on how God's expectation works and what are the uh, what, what, what's what's basically the construction matter that helps us to grow. Y'all still trekking with me, right? So when he say God's building in 1 Peter, we'll see this illustration throughout the Bible. Um, It'll say in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2 verse, we are a spiritual house being built up to give spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. You see over in Ephesians 2 20, it'll say built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. And and, and so so in other words, he's beginning to talk about the the nature of God's building and and God's building project that we are God's renovation project on planet Earth. All right? Now, that means that if if you're God's building, that means he's up to something in you. He's up to something in you. Don't you ever get to the point in your life where you think God ain't up to something? God is always up to something in you in building you and building you, but but notice that it's a building. Inferentially means nearness to others. Bricks are, a building doesn't become a brick if you set a brick over there. Send the text. A building only is a, only something is a part of a building if it's connected to other pieces of the structure. And so so, so what he's trying to help us to do is have unified connection to God and one another as we are built up as a spiritual structure to the glory of God through Jesus Christ, right? So this is what makes it very, very important. And and so which brings me to my last point. Uh, um, In in dealing with investment, uh, eternal security, and reward, number two and last, God elevates Christ-centered investment individually. God elevates... Rather Christ-centered individual investment. And I'll, I'll talk about why we, we move from community to individual. Okay. <coughs> Look at verse 10. He says, according to the grace given of God, of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. He said, and someone else is building upon it. Now, what he's saying here <coughs> is now he's he's not talking about him and Apollo illustration now. <coughs> Now he's talking about him planting the church and laying the foundation for the facility. <coughs> then, but, but when he describes himself as a master builder, inferentially, in, in, in the language there, it points to him being a master builder. In other words, he's saying, I knew what I was doing. And he, in, in other words, in him saying, I knew what I was doing, I did it in a certain way. But, but, but what he's saying, though, is that someone else is building upon it. So what he's beginning to say is everything that's built upon the foundation of what I've laid must be in line with what I've already built. Because you can't build a structure, you can't build a foundation, then put something else all up on it. Because a foundation, when it's created, before it was created, had an architectural design put in place. And because of that, the foundation wasn't merely thought of, there's a structure that will be seen. But the foundation is the way in which that structure is set up to be all that the person who's the architect wanted it to be when they created it. Paul is aligning him. Are y'all tracking with me today? And so Paul is saying, Paul is saying this. Paul is saying, I I, I, I believe I I did some beastly investment in y'all. He said, I laid the foundation. He said, I ain't bragging, but you know, I know I did this in light of. A biblical understanding of what the foundation looked like. But he says, Y'all wilding out because y'all are listening to people that aren't in connection with the foundation. And he said, And when that happens, your spiritual life gets confused. Look, 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 look at the text. He says, He, he says, He says, th- this, this, He gives a warning. A lot of the let statements in the New Testament especially like Hebrews, it's a warning. He says, let each one take care how he builds upon it. It's very, very important. So what he's beginning to say is that within the Corinthian church, there is a call in maturity for people, call to maturity that demands that there's participation in building upon the foundation. He says, but what happened is, is because they're spiritually immature, there is immaturity that's trying to build the building. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you want something messed up, let me be a contractor. Okay, let me start a stud out a house or something. You know, you know, let somebody build a foundation. They say, all right, here are the plans. You know, here's the equipment. Get to work. So I'll be like, dang, where do I start? I don't know how to do electric. I don't know how to do studding out, you know, framing out. I don't know how to do none of that. I will tear something up. Now, what I know how to do is find some money in Jesus' name to pay somebody to get that stuff done. But, 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 but I, don't, I don't have the skill and maturity in building to know how to do that. Basically, what he's challenging them with is that you, 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 your spiritual immaturity is not allowing you to properly build upon this. He said, that's why I want you to be careful. Because he's basically saying, some of y'all think y'all more spiritually mature than you are. And, and you're trying to build upon a foundation that you're not mature enough to help build out because it's, it's, it's all over the place what you're trying to build, right? So he's talking about investment. And so he says, he says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So basically, he's talking about Christ being the foundation, and, 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 and so in Christ being the foundation, he says this should permeate the entirety of the facility. In other words, a Christ-centered foundation based on a few weeks ago, if you remember, we talked about Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Do you remember that? And now we talked about the elementary truths about Jesus and how in 1 Peter 2, 1, that you're supposed to desire the pure milk of the word. Do y'all remember that? And so, and so that's the foundation that we're talking about here. Now, in light, in light of that, because I won't go back to that, he says in verse 12, he says, now, if anyone builds upon the foundation, now, this is nuts right here. Yeah. He says, with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, or hey, now, this is interesting. Now, don't think prosperity when you look at this. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about different types of material that make up a temple. Okay. Now, and, and what he's doing is, is th- there are people that give gold investment. I ain't talking about just money. I'm talking mainly your servitude to the church. You're tracking with me. And so, and so he says, so he says, gold, silver, precious stones, all of these things play their role in it. But then, then, then he says, then he says, wood, hay, and straw. He said, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it. So, whenever you see the day, another hermeneutic lesson, it, it's 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 the time of judgment where God judges the believers for how much of heaven they will enjoy, and judge non-believers for how much hell they will hate. Okay, we got bema seat, great white throne, bema seat, 2 Corinthians chapter five, verses one through ten, great white throne, Revelation twenty. Bema seat is the nice place to be. That's where you want to be at. In other words, there's going to be a time of judgment when Christ come back, and he's going to be plow, throw your stuff at me. And you're going to be like, whoa, and you got to, you got to present to Jesus everything you did in his name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, y'all don't know how scared I got while I was studying this. I was like, everything. Because God doesn't just judge um, how it looked when you built it. He judged the intentions and motivations of the heart while you were building it. Help me today, God. And and, and, and so I was looking at this like, man, I don't know if I'm a hoop at the end of this message. This is probably not going to be an organ joint right here. All right? And so he's he's talking about that, and he says the day will disclose it. In other words, there will be a revelation of what in your life did you do for him? That's powerful to me. Because then, and then, then now I'm at, because Jesus says, build for yourself treasures, not on earth, where moth can eat and rust and thieves can come get it. He says, but build for yourself. He actually tells you to be motivated by eternal rewards in how you live now. So you get, you, you're going to get him, but he also, I don't even know. Somebody said, what would the rewards look like? I'm going to have a bigger house than you. I'm a rule monk. I don't know. But all I know is there going to be rewards. That's, right, that's, right. that's all I know. I can go through all of these spooky rewards and go. All I know is, I don't know if there's another jewel in my car. Whatever. Plat out. There's going to be rewards and no rewards for some folk. All right. Some, some people going to graduate. Thank you, Lordy, he's saying. <laughs> he, says, he says, because it will be revealed by fire. I believe based on Second Peter chapter 3, the Bible says that everything will burn with intense heat. I, I, I don't know if that's when it happens or when God opens up the lake of fire and that's when everything burns with intense heat. And I, 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 th- Those are the times where I see the fire. There will be universal flames that go up. Univers- I mean, all over the universe, everything will, will catch a fire. I don't know if this step, I don't know if it's the moment when we're before, but but what he's saying is is, is the day will disclose it. Now, if, if you know that when temples burn, he has all of this in mind. When temples got burnt up back then, the only thing that would be left are the jewels and the precious metals. But the hay, the wood, and the straw would burn. In, 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 other, in other words, he's, he's basically saying, what's the quality of your work? He, he's, saying, he's, saying, he's saying, do you have hay works, straw works, and wood works? He said, now those works, those fragile works will get burned when Christ returns. Y'all quiet on me right now. It's serious, right? In, in other words, it, it'll get burned. It'll get, it'll, get, it'll get burned. He said. He says, now, 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 there, there are gold works, there are silver works, there are, bronze, there are precious stone works. So even though they will be sinners, they will still be here. I like the old song by commission when they say, only what you do for Christ will last. Let me just tell you something in your life, family. If you want stuff to last in your life, you do it with Christ in mind, family. And let me tell you something, even at our best acts of holiness, our best acts of holiness are filled with ill motive, and we're in desperate need of him. And so even the gold, uh, silver, bronze, and precious stones need the blood of Christ to be actually valued so that, uh, because, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't even know how to categorize this, but but in some way, shape, or form, we're going to get rewards for stuff Christ did through us. Paul said, I planted." He wanted, God added the growth. God adding the growth, he provided the water, and he provided the planting, and he added the growth, but he's gracious enough to allow us to receive a reward in a work that he fully done on his own. This is powerful. It's powerful. But look what he says, though. Look what he says. I'm I'm closing. He says, he says, if anyone, hold on, hold on, hold on. He says, let me go back up. He says, oh, yeah, 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 here we go. He said, and fire will test what sort of work each one has done. He said, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, that's scary to me, he will receive a reward. He says, if if anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though, I love this though, he himself will be saved. Eternal security. It's possible to make great mistakes, have your works burnt up, and you still not be burnt up. Somebody should have ran right there. That, that, this is the best verse in the Bible on eternal security. Because they, 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 there's some messed up works in this text. He said that even though your works will get judged some badly, he said, the fire will hit you, but you will be saved." It's powerful. Wow. So, so even in the midst of all of that heat, Christ's blood acts as a, a, a co if you will. I mean, we used to wear Gore-Tex back in the day. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. We used to wear Gore-Tex Timbs. Y'all don't know nothing about Gore-Tex Timberlands, Gore-Tex. and D.C., we used to wear moss-brown sweatsuits, Gore-Tex Jones, Gore-Tex Philae Jones. I don't know why we wore Gore-Tex, but it just looked nice. It just felt nice when you walk away. You know what I'm saying? But what Gore-Tex was known for is Gore-Tex. Gore-Tex is what, um, what, 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 what uh, firemen's outfits are made of. It's, it's made to be fireproof. The blood of Christ is going to fireproof all of us. That's encouraging. But everybody is not going to be fireproofed. Look at what the text says. He begins to talk about... The fact that us being saved through fire, and he says, others in Revelation going to have challenge in that. He says, "Do you not know?" This is why he says, "Be careful how you build." Yeah. Do you not know that you are God's temple, and God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroy God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are the temple. He basically points us out here. He says, people of God are supposed to be working together to build God's church, not to destroy it. He said, don't have anything in the church that will pull away from what God is trying to do. He said, if anybody is in, in, in the church calling themselves builders, he says, he, says, he says, guess what i he said, God will destroy that person if they try to destroy the church. God, God bought the church. Don't, don't, you know, you can be mad at the church if you want to. You can be mad at the church if you want to, but it still is His. Uh-huh. And, 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 and as it being God's bride, we see that God has called us to invest. He secured us and He will reward us. And I pray that as, as we get on mission continuously, to lock arms, to do what God has called us to do. That God will help us to invest as a unified community. And as we invest as a unified community, knowing that we're secure, our investment doesn't secure us. Christ's investment on the cross does. Okay? We invest because we're secured. We don't get secured because we invest. But we do get rewarded because we invest. Amen? Father God, we thank you. We honor you for the Word. We honor you for your strength. We honor you for the eternal investment that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ made in dying on the cross for our sin. Lord God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ today that you would fulfill your mission in this, that you would fulfill what you've called us to to communicate and, and clearly define what you've called us to walk in in relation to the church. I pray that there would be no lack of growth in the lives of your people today, (coughs) that we would be pressing on for good deeds and good works because we're saved not to get saved. God, we thank you in advance. We thank you in advance for your freedom and for your strength in Christ to not only save but to strengthen us and invest in us that we may be investors in your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.